I was reminded as I prepared for this message and as I watched the video and went through the content, and we're doing a series that's called Get Your Life Back, and it's following some of the content from the book by, by John Eldridge called Get Your Life Back, which I encourage you to pick up and read if you're looking to read a new book at the beginning of the year. And, and we've all had these moments where the, the sense of expectation that if someone calls my phone, texts, messages, messages me, addresses me on social media, if I get a notification of any kind on my phone, we've all experienced the expectation that I should respond to that instantaneously. It does not matter if I am on a date. It does not matter if I am in church. It does not matter if I'm spending time with my child. It does not matter what is going on. If the doctor is about to tell me my diagnosis, I will look at my cell phone and respond. There's just this sense of expectation that we have with that. Now, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. to. I've shared this story, I think, before, and we've got some, uh, some people from Union Chapel here before, and so, so they know who I'm talking about. When I say my pastor, I'm referring to Greg Paris. I still have a pastor. He's my pastor. He teaches me, leads me. Like, he, he's a rock star, but he's done some things that I, I don't know that I'll ever do. Like, like this, one time he was preaching in his Sunday service, and someone's cell phone rang, and he ignored it, He's gracious for a little while. <laughs> it rang the second time. He got off the stage, went and grabbed the cell phone, and answered the phone call. And he said, I'm sorry, he can't come to the phone right now. He's actually at church. He's listening to a really good sermon. I mean, it is good preaching right now. In fact, you should come with him next week, but he'll give you a call back in about 30 minutes. Hung up the phone, handed it back to the guy, went back to preaching his message. And those of you guys who've met Greg and he's preached here before, you understand how that fits within his personality profile. All right? there, there are certain times where it's appropriate to just turn the thing off, to recognize it does not need me right now. But most of us, for whatever reason, we've accept, accepted this sense that we have to be responsive to anything that comes into our life at any moment. And what it has done is it has created a sense of stress, a sense of anxiety. I mean, if you want to see a teenager's blood pressure rise, just take their cell phone and start flipping around in it. I mean, cell phones and, and all these things, they're not the issue. They're a symptom of the issue. And I'm going to pick on them a little bit because they're the current interruption to so many things that are important. There are so many relationships that are right in front of you that we neglect because there's a sense of responsibility, a sense of expectation to keep up with everything else in the world. And as we talked about last week, if you missed last week's message, go back and watch it. We need some space. We, we need to just take a minute in our day and give everyone and everything to God and trust it into his hands. And one of the things that that means is saying, I can't be everywhere. We were not built for carrying the trauma of the entire world in our mind at all times. We have to create space in our life. We have enough worry, enough stress, enough anxiety on our shoulders just with the things that are presently around us in our household. And so we need to I believe to, to honor God in the way we live our life, we have to be, be to carve some space, retake some space that we've given to so many other things that don't matter. And I know that even as we come in here, there's so many people that right now today, there's a, there's a feeling of weight and heaviness and burden that are on their shoulders for many different reasons. Because of 
personal choice, destructive choices that have happened in the past because of other people's choices that have impacted us because of our concern about our nation's future, because of our concern about our children, because of our concern about our marriage. All of these things come in as weight and on our shoulders, and we recognize that we should not feel this way. And the good news that I have is that you were not designed to live that way. And God has something better for you, but there's some steps that you have to take. There's some things that, he, that Jesus modeled in his life that we have to follow so that we can get back to that place of peace and rest and purpose in the way that we live our life. And we're going to pick up in the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, which this should be a familiar verse. You've got to hold on to this verse in your life. And we'll put it up on the screen as I read it. And Jesus was, was teaching it. Jesus said to them, Come to me, all you who are weary, And carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, I I want to begin to just identify, because when we say that, you know, there's a burden, there's a weight for for people who feel worn out, the the picture in here is of pulling a weight that with every step it gets heavier. And and right now in our world, I'd say, and I'm going to illustrate this, and um, I'm going to need a camera person, my camera person disappeared, so whoever I have that is qualified, go for it, Andrew, thank you. Andrew's going to keep up with us, so yeah, he's always ready, I love him. All right, so I want to illustrate this this way. That when we talk about being tied to a heavy burden, if we can just get some of that in the shot. When, when we talk about a chain, get a little bit more of the chain in the shot for them. Um, it, it's not a literal chain. It, it, it's things that have happened in our life. It's like regrets about the past. And that, it's one of them that's on here. Like what, whatever you feel tied up, whatever is making you feel like heavy and worn down in your life. I understand that it's unique to you and it's different to you based on what someone else, someone else's set of challenges that's sitting next to you. And for you, maybe it's, you know, regret about things that you've done in the past. Maybe right now, weighing heavily on your shoulders is financial uncertainty. And you feel like things are out of control because you don't know what's going to happen in your finances. Maybe right now, it's fear about what's going on in your children's life. And that's one of the things, one of the things that you feel like, I'm tied to this and it's weighing me down. Maybe it's fear about the future and what's going to happen in politics with the president and you're worried about those things. This is such a big one in our culture, despite all of the social media connectedness, loneliness today. Loneliness. There are so many people in our city, there are so many people in our church that have a sense that they're just worn down from feeling alone. There's there's anger at others, There's, there's health, there's spouses, especially husbands, cause lots of concerns. It's the truth. We've got to preach the truth here in church. There's the sins that so easily entangle the mistakes that we've made. And these things, they build up on us to create this sense of heaviness. And it's like we have a sense of where we want to go in our life, but we feel like these weights on us restrict us from getting there. And I know for you, when, when I say, okay, think of the thing that's weighing heavily on your shoulders right now, I know pretty much all of us can grab a couple things right away and know this is what is weighing me down. And, and the good news that we have in the passage is that Jesus says, and he identifies, he's speaking to the people that it feels heavy on them right now. And he says, where do you need to bring that? Just to me. And when he says, come to me with your heavy burdens, if you feel worn down, the good news is that you don't have to travel far because he actually 
comes to us, that, that he meets us at that point and he invites us to rid ourselves of those burdens. His expectation isn't just get stronger and handle, handle that better, handle that more. He, he says, you need to pass those off and you actually need to exchange them for something different, for something better. As he says it, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. There's this concept of what we've been carrying. He wants to take it and he wants to remove it with something else. Because it's not that Jesus will ask nothing of you. I mean, that is a false gospel. If you, if you believe that Jesus says, come to me, those who are weary, and I'm just going to make everything better, and I'm never going to ask you anything, no. Jesus says, I have a job, I have a mission, I have designed a purpose in you, I place a gift inside of you, I want to use your life. But the, the life that you experience in me will be light. The burden will be light. There is a calling, there is a job to do, there, there's a weight to be pulled, but it's different than what you've been pulling. You've been trying to pull the expectations of the world. And the expectations of the world will only drag you down to your death. So, I mean, you, you go across your social media and you will find a hundred different people who will tell you how to live your, your life a hundred different ways. And I'd say a hundred and one of those people are all unhappy anyway. And it's like, why am I trying to learn from you? Jesus says, look at me and learn from me because I am gentle and humble of heart is what he says in the passage. And, and one of the things that I can, I can tell you across the board, this is just a universal truth. You know, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That, that what you see, you learn from. Every piece of media that you consume is building your worldview, and we have been continually pouring into ourselves information and knowledge that is not based upon the truth of the word of God. In fact, it stands contrary to it. And so it continues, we continue to feed ourselves with that, and it creates with us more anxiety, more stress, more worry, more of a sense that I need to handle all of this on my own. If I could just get everybody to wear a mask, if I could just get everybody to not wear a mask, if I could get everybody to take the vaccine, if I could get everybody to not take the vaccine, then the world would be better. And our worldview needs to be built off of a biblical world base. That when we see what's happening in the world, we see it through the lens of Scripture. When we're talking about the value that a person holds, we're not talking about their skin color. We're not talking about their nationality. We're talking about the fact that they were created in the image of God. That they are my brother, that they are my sister, that we are one family. It doesn't matter what nation they came from. Their worth does not depend upon that. Our, our views of how we see all of these things have to be through the lens of Scripture and not through the lens of our favorite media source. Not through our favorite blogger, not through our favorite social media's perspective of what they want to keep in our feed. None of that is what directs who we are as a person. It goes through the life of Jesus, and that's why we say you've got to get to know him better. You've got to learn the way that he reacted to situations, because the more time that you spend with him, the more you become like him. The more you can go through the storm. I mean, we looked at last week how in the, in the height of his busyness, he took away from the crowds, from the people, from the expectations of his followers, from what everybody wanted, and he spent time with his heavenly father. And we have to learn from that. Sometimes the best thing that we can do in the height of busyness and stress is just to seclude ourselves for a moment with our heavenly father so that we get a perspective right so that we can continue to do things in the most effective manner. Learn from me because I'm humble at heart. Come to me with those problems. And, and as I say that we learn from other people, I want to show you Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and we'll put this up on the screen. And it describes influence in this way. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, 
or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are, they are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. Now, see in the beginning of this, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Now, now, for people my age or older, when we grew up, we, we can still call back memory, even though we're a couple years down the road, of, of the person that was just like the most foolish bully at school. I'm sorry to bring those memories back on a Sunday morning. I know it's like, you're bringing animosity and stress into my message. You're supposed to be helping me, Paul. Why are you bringing this person back to my memory? They don't deserve to be in my head again. I just got rid of them. But, but you understand, there was that person in your life when you were in school. We had to deal with them at lunchtime or between classes. These current generations, that fool has access to your child 24-7 through text messaging and social media. And they don't just have the fool at their school. They have every fool across the nation from every class at their fingertips through their phone. And so kids are dealing with a lot more false information, a lot more negative input, a lot more destructive views about how to live their life. And I'm going to tell you, as a parent, as someone who's parenting now a teenager and younger children, I have to help guide them as far as what sources of information are they ingesting into their life. And it's not just true for children. I have to continue to refine what I'm allowing into me as well because I understand the more time that I spend listening to someone who is a fool, the more foolish I'm going to become. And if you have allowed yourself this continual diet of just ingesting whatever false information, and when I say false information, I'm talking about things that stand, in, stand contrary to the word of God. Things that are opposed to the teachings of Jesus Christ, which once again, you can't know if you don't first of all study it for yourself. You, you can't know what truth is until you've read his words and studied his words and get to know him. You've got to start there. And as you spend time with Jesus, as you study the scriptures, you will better be able to discern what truth and false is. And so we have to, we have to begin to say, okay, this deserves a spot in my life and this does not deserve a spot in my life. We, we, we and not just information, just even time spent doing things. And, and, and I say this because I want you to begin to grant to yourself a sense of benevolent detachment. When we say the word benevolent, you often think of like giving to someone who is poor, like benevolence. That's what we think of. And, and, and it's a good thing to do. But within your own life, you need to say, okay, it will be good if I let go of some things that I've been holding on to. There's some sources of information that I don't need them in my life. There's some sources of expectation that I don't even know where they came from, but they've been in my life and I need to just let go of them. And when I say benevolent detachment, I'm saying there's some things, just even like the sense of every time my phone buzzes, I have to look at it. Some of you will benefit in the way that you lead your life and your family if you allow yourself permission to not respond to things instantly. And say, you know what, I, I can check my phone once every 20 minutes and the world will continue to spin. I, I don't have to correct everyone on Facebook who is wrong about wind chimes in Cape Coral. Like, I, I don't have to fix all of these problems. Like, I can release those things. God has given me the ability to influence. God has given me an opportunity to be on a date with my wife, and I am not going to let a cell phone interrupt it. 
God has given me time to play Legos with my son while he is in that stage and he's four years old and I'm not going to let someone's request interrupt it and I can give myself that permission and it's actually honoring to God to be where he has placed me and not try to be in all these other places at once. And so many of you guys have lived with the stress of you're trying to do the right thing, you're trying to help other people, you're trying to be connected and encourage people around different places and it's stretched you so thin that you're missing out on the most important things. And I want to bring you back to a place of feeling it's okay for me to let go of some of those things. I want to be great at the most important things. I want to be focused in how I live my life. And in fact, when we try to do too many things, it's like we don't even know what made us exhausted today, but we just know that we're exhausted. Our mind has had no rest because as soon as someone walks away from us, it's okay, let's flip through the news, okay, let's flip through the social media feeds, okay, let's flip through the email, okay, back to the top of the rotation, back to the news, see what else has changed in the last 45 seconds, and we have this constant feed, and I want to tell you that God has designed you to need margin. But the person who's been robbing you of margin has been you. The example that's been set forth for you to move at that pace, it may have been someone else, but you're the one who determined to start to do it, and you're the one who needs to grant yourself permission to detach from some of those things and permission to attach to the right sources. Because if you want your life to be fruitful, the way that Psalm 1 described it is, is the person who, who what, what's on their mind throughout the day is the words of God of, of how to see the world through a scriptural lens that they meditate on the word of God day and night. That person their life is fruitful in season and out of season. Like, like whether there's drought or not, they're planted by a source of water that never fails. They're planted by the water. And then in contrary to that, the person who, who they're, they're continually around the fools they, and they begin to act the way that they act, they're compared to chaff, which is ash, burnt in the wind, a tree. So we have a tree and we have a burnt tree. That One is blown by the wind everywhere that it goes and one has deep roots that holds it where it should be. And we know that we want to have a fruitful life. And one of the things that will determine your fruitfulness is who you surround yourself with, what information you take in. And so I want to make sure, I want to encourage you, I want to ask you, I want to plead with you, begin to study scripture for yourself. Begin to get to know the person of Jesus for yourself and allow him to begin to shape the way that you see how you invest your time, the the words that you speak. The, the direction your life should be going, it should be, the direction your life goes should be changed by your study of who the person Jesus is. And his invitation, and his invitation's a beautiful one because it's not one to those who have it all together come to me. Those who are worn out. Those who have been doing it wrong. I mean, he, he said that he came for those who were lost. This is great news. This isn't an invitation for the person who, who, who was first picked. This isn't an invitation for the person who had it all together. This is the invitation to anyone who feels like, man, I have just been messing up. It's been my own sins. It's been my own mistakes. It's been my own fault. It's, I came from a family that was dysfunctional, and other people put dysfunction into me, and I've been doing it wrong. And Jesus says, come to me and learn from me because I'm humble, because I'm gentle, And he calls you in. He says, I will do a spiritual work in you. And through the life of Jesus Christ, we we chose sin from the moment that we had the opportunity to choose sin. I mean, it's just a reality. If you've raised kids, you recognize they figure out how to do it wrong all on their own. Like, they didn't need anyone to teach us. 
Like, like they, but, you know, they inherit it from mom and dad, and that, that's just the truth, all right? And, and, and so we choose sin. Jesus, he lived the perfect life. He was not under the penalty of sin because he had never sinned. His death on the cross was to take a penalty that you and I owe. And when he rose from the grave, it was to show that he had victory over death and sin so that he could give you the gift of grace, so that he could give you the gift of new life. And you can know everything that I just said in your head, but if it is not in your heart, that if it doesn't move from, I know that he did that, to, I know that he did that for me and I have to believe it, I have to trust it, I have to, I have to follow his ways. Until it moves from your head to your heart, it has no power to change you. But the moment that it moves from knowledge about God to personal belief, the moment that your heart responds to him and says, I believe in you, Jesus, you are Lord. You, and when we say you are Lord, it means you have authority in my life. That when I am making a decision saying, okay, should I smack him? Should I not smack him? All right, Jesus has asked me not to smack him. Like, like Jesus, what he taught, what he did, how he speaks to me today, it, it dictates how I live today. When you enter into that lordship relationship, he has saved you from your sins. I, and, and I see this happen because I'm going to, and Andrew, this is where we need some more camera, camera work. So th- th- this is the picture that before, before we make that decision, all of these mistakes from the past, all these chains of the past that are attached to a weight that just fe- makes us feel like we can't get to where we're supposed to get, When we make the decision, spiritually what happens, God says, I can can get you out of that. Like, you can't get you out of that, but like, grace is the key. Grace will unlock you from the chain. Grace will free you from the mistakes that you made and other people made, and spiritually, I will deal with every single thing that was there, and I will set you free. And then, often what happens is we react to that and we say, praise God, I am free, I can move to the life that I want to be in. Like, like, I know that he has released the chain and my, my wrist is free, but we don't ever let go of it. And, and we've made these mistakes and we feel like, well, you know what? My mistakes were so severe that I can't just forget about that. Like, what they did to me in my life, like, I can't just forgive them of that. Like, like it would be wrong for me to just let them go and release them from responsibility. And, and so we just hold on to it. And so even though spiritually it's been dealt with, spiritually we've been forgiven, spiritually we've been set free, there's something in the practical that it's not just knowing God has set us free, but we have to actually receive and walk in and live in the freedom that he has granted us. We have to look back at our past of every aspect of the mistakes, everything that we would have held pride in, all of the things that tangle us up. Scripture says the sin that so easily entangles, we have to look at those things and then we have to take action in our life. There's a letting go that has to occur. And I think that we've had this false view of Christianity of it's just this belief that it's just this academic ascension. That, that if I just understood revelations better, I would spiritually ascend. But I want to tell you, to, to go deeper in your faith is to go deeper in obedience to Christ. To go deeper in your faith is to say, I'm going to let go of the regrets. I'm going to change behaviors. I'm going to honor him in how I walk. I'm going to see my neighbor as more valuable than myself because I understand he, God has called us to serve. My actions and behaviors will, will begin to be redirected by this life of Jesus because I am learning from him. And this is the invitation that Jesus gives to all of the broken. 
all of the weary, all of the ones who have been doing it wrong and feel stressed out, feel like life has just put too much weight on their shoulders. He says, come to me and put that off. And, and within the, the, what he chose to illustrate, he, he compares it to a yoke that, that you would put on cattle that was pulling something. And, and, and there's this thing of to remove one yoke and place another on it, there, there's a bowing that has to occur. And that same invitation is given to you of come to him, realize that he is Lord, and he's going to take that weight off. He's going to place something new on you, something that is light, something that doesn't feel like the burden that you've carried before. There is a responsibility that is placed onto every believer in Christ because we experience a joy that is unparalleled in this world. We, we experience a new life that you can't find in anything else. And so when you experience that, you can't help but be propelled to share it with other people. That there is a responsibility that we have to make a difference in this world. That we want the same light, the same healing, the same hope, the same joy that we found to go out to other people. Band, if you guys will make your way up, I'm going to begin to close this out. All of the fears about the, the future, the regret about the past, the loneliness of today, the, the, the angers at others, we can drop all of that at his feet and we can pick up a peace that is only found in him. Isaiah 41, uh, verse 13, it's just been on my heart lately. It, it, it's this picture that is laid out and, and it says, for I, I hold you by the right hand. This is God speaking. For I will take hold of you by the right hand, I the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help. I, I believe that in our nation, in our church, in our city, there is such a need to look at our life and our priorities and the way that we've lived and to just let go of some things. A benevolent detachment. To say, I could do this, but I'm going to let that go for now because I need to do something better because I need to experience more quiet in my soul because I need to experience more peace and so I just, I need to let go of these things for a time and I need to experience what God wants me to experience. And so today's message, once again, is not just academic. Like this, this gets to how is my day going to go? How is my routine going to go? And I want you to ask God a simple question. Are there things that I need to let go of that I've been doing? Are there things that I need to release? And as he, as he answers you, walk in obedience with him. Trust him. Because he is good. Because he takes us by the right hand. Because he says that, that weight you've been carrying, I want to help you drop that. be a church that lives and says, I know I'm right in the middle of where God wants me to be. I know I'm striving after the things that I should be striving after. I know that I've been freed from those things of the past. And so I want to encourage you and I want to invite you to once again, or maybe for the first time, set Christ as Lord in your heart, that he has the authority to direct your life. Because he has the authority when he says, set that down, we will listen to him. We will trust him.
because his burden is light. Let's pray together. I thank you that when we cry out in our heart and with our voice that, that you are Lord, that you are risen from the grave, that you say that, that we are given new life, that we are given forgiveness, that we're giving hope, given hope and a calling. And so as we in our heart response to you, God, would you just speak directly into our life? Would you tell us what we need to let go of? For those who come in here and they are just weighed down from what has been happening, would you give them a sense of peace that they have been missing? Would you replace where there has been anxiety and fear with faith? That instead of being worried about what might happen, we will have confidence about what will happen because of your great love for us. So, Father, guide us in how we live. Holy Spirit, empower us to walk in obedience with you. And we thank you for this great love and this great invitation that you give us, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.